This is Crazy Enough to Win with John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. So listeners, we have what I would call a very challenging topic today. The topic is challenger selling. What is challenger selling? And what does it mean to be a challenger salesperson? So dig in deep with me today. If you're in sales or if you manage a business that has salespeople, this is in your sweet spot. So build relationships with customers and they will buy from you. Whether you agree or not, this is actually a common misconception in professional sales. Yes, that's right. Relationships by themselves are not enough. Now, while relationships can be essential to building trust and rapport, more is required to sustain sales success. You've got to do more. And I am overwhelmed by the number of poorly trained sales teams who rely on this surface methodology, relationships, while well-trained sales teams, well, they challenge customers to think differently. And there's some really great data to support this. The Great Recession of 2008 was a pivoting opportunity for sales teams around the world. And it is simpler to sell during economic high times because everyone is buying. But what happens when people stop buying? And sales teams must create value in people who are not looking to purchase. So the question is, how does a sales professional interrupt a prospect to make a sale? That's right. If you're going to be successful in sales, you have to figure out how to interrupt people the right way. Now, I want to be brutally honest with you. The sales profession has many what I call faux salespeople, fake salespeople, people pretending to be salespeople, or even worse, people wanting to be a salesperson. And they get a business card that reads, sell something, and get asked to go out and sell based on personality alone. And yes, some survive, yet many perish in the cruel world of business development. And believe it or not, it is a fundamental truth that sales teams are untrained or under-trained to sell. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to share with you some statistics from the Sales Management Association, the SMA. And these were statistics from before the pandemic, which has made sales even more challenging than ever. So listen to these. Firms that were laggards, meaning they were behind in adopting sales technology, saw their sales goal achievement drop 12% from previous years, 12%. So if you're behind the curve in sales technology, you're starting out 12% behind other organizations who are not where you are. 
And get this, 43% of companies made a moderate to high investment in sales, learning, and development technology. That means less than half are on the leading edge. Wow. Wow. And more than two-thirds of companies that invested in sales, learning, and development realized a positive return on investment. And to flip that on its head, what is the cost of waiting to not invest in sales, learning, and development technology? There's more. On average, firms that use technology effectively were 57% more effective at sales training and development than ineffective technology users. So let me say that again. Firms that use technology effectively were 57% more effective at sales training and development than ineffective technology users. So this is before the pandemic. What do you think the pandemic has done to the need to deploy technology in sales? I think it's increased it substantially. And this one's one of my favorite. On average, new sales hires, of which most get no training, spend 10 weeks in training on average and only become productive after 11.2 months. So if you read into that, of those that do get 10 weeks of sales training, it still takes them 11.2 months to become productive. Crazy, crazy. And most companies spend 62, most companies which account for 62% consider themselves ineffective at onboarding new sales reps. So let me say that again. 62% of companies consider themselves ineffective at onboarding new sales hires. Wow. And eight of 10 companies introduced a new product or service in the previous 12 months. So you've got new products or services, 80%, eight of 10 companies introducing new products or services with a sales team that is, well, ineffective at onboarding new salespeople. What a recipe. And the knowledge gap that existed before 2020 has become more significant. Struggling sales teams are grasping for help. And listen to this. Demand for my 12-month sales training experience is at an all-time high. People, virtual selling is here to stay. And sales teams struggle to adapt and adopt the technology and methodology to create opportunity in a new world. It is said that the pandemic of 2020 fast-forwarded the sales industry six years in a matter of six months. And firms are now refocusing sales strategy. That's 75% of firms are refocusing their sales strategy. And 70% of firms are pursuing new markets or verticals. And get this, 61% of companies have made changes to their value proposition. In other words, how do they convey value to the customer? 61% have changed. And 54% of companies have implemented a new sales methodology during recent years. So put all those together and there's a recipe for struggle and potential disaster on many sales teams around the world. 
So get the Challenger sales model was born during the 2008 economic collapse and has now resurfaced in recent months as a prescription for growth after the global pandemic. So what exactly is Challenger selling? Well, hold on tight. We're going to get to that shortly. But I want to share another study with you. The Corporate Executive Board, CEB, shared a study of thousands of sales reps across multiple industries in locations all over. And they argue that the classic relationship builder approach to sales is a losing approach when sales become more complex or more extensive in scope. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means more important or complex deals are not likely to be won by old school relationship sellers. You need challengers to close those deals. So if you're thinking about going down the road of enterprise sales, of more complicated sales relationships, of selling initiatives, of selling solutions, what this data is saying is that you're not going to be successful or you're not likely to be successful with those old school relationship sellers. You're going to need challengers on your team. So the CEB study used factor analysis to derive five subgroups of sales reps during the Great Recession of 2008 and 2009. And here they are. So these are the five classifications of salespeople. I want you to see if you can identify with any of these groups or if your sales team can identify with any of these groups. So here they are. These are the five subgroups of sales reps according to the CEB. The first group is the hard worker. Now, they say 21% of all sales reps fall into this category of hard worker, 21%. They said the second group, the challenger sales rep, which is what we're going to talk about today, constitutes 27% of sales reps. So hold on to that number, 27%. 21% are hard workers, 27% are challenger sales reps. 21% are the relationship builder. These are the people that can go out and sell based on relationships alone, or at least believe they can. So you've got the hard worker, you've got the challenger, you've got the relationship builder. The fourth group or subgroup of sales reps is known as the lone wolf. They do it their way. 18% of sales reps fall into that category according to the CEB study. And then the last, so you've got the hard worker, you've got the challenger, you've got the relationship builder, you've got the lone wolf, and the last subgroup is called the reactive problem solver, 14%. So let me recap. The hard worker, 21%, the challenger, 27%, the relationship builder, 21%, and the lone wolf, 18% and the reactive problem solver is 14%. For today, this podcast is going to focus on the challenger, the one that constitutes 27% of sales reps during that period. So challenger sales reps view the world differently and make time to understand the customer's businesses at a deeper level. They love to debate and actually push the customer. 
Relationship builders, on the other hand, have a difficult time discussing and driving the customer. And it's, it's, that's really simple to understand. They are too worried about destroying the relationship. They're afraid to destroy the relationship. So they don't push, they don't challenge. And relationship builders become strong advocates in customer organizations. They are generous in giving time to others and get along with everyone. They are likable. But in difficult times, when things get tough, customers prefer the challenger because they are made better by someone who understands their business needs and is willing to challenge them. Customers find value in challenger reps, and that is much more substantial than a relationship. So getting help during difficult times is more important than another friendly giving person. That makes sense, right? That's logical. If times are tough, you want someone who can help you, not just someone who is likable. So here's the million dollar question. Are challenger reps born or made? Can you train your representatives to become challenger sales professionals? So the question is often easier than the answer. The answer is more complex because it depends. The answer is yes and no. You can certainly train your team to follow the challenger methodology. However, not all of them will become successful in making the transition from relationship builder or other subgroups to challengers. And it's logical that your star performers may already use some of the challenger methodologies and may not even realize they're doing so. Your poor performers, well, they're typically not worth the investment. However, here's the magic. Your middle performers, those middle performing sales reps on your team are ideal. They're the ideal population for development if they are willing to change and embrace new methods to approach your customers. And your return on investment for middle performers is significant when you can convert them from middle performers to high performers on your team. So our 12-month challenger selling experience teaches sales reps to become commercial teachers. That's what a challenger sales rep does. They become commercial teachers for their prospects. And you say, what does that mean, commercial teacher? Well, the challenger rep creates cognitive dissonance in potential buyers' minds by providing valuable insights during the buying, buying journey. So you've got to think of it like this. The challenger sale rep, sales rep makes the sales process itself worth paying for with a customer. And aspiring challenger reps also learn to tailor the sales experience for each buyer or company. And finally, they know methods to control the buying journey that leads the buyer to their solution. So the challenger sales rep teaches the buyer, tailors the message to the buyer in the buyer's company, and takes control of the buying journey to lead the buyer to their solution. Sounds easy, right? It's not so easy. Is it worth the time and expense to train your sales reps? Well, listen to this number. 
According to the CEB study, 39% of high performers, high performers in the top category, are challengers. But here's the magic. Only 7% of high-performing salespeople are relationship builders. Let me say that again. 39% of high performers in sales are already challengers, while only 7% of high performers are relationship builders. So when you break down the challenger sales model into discrete skills over time, middle performers can learn what to do. The question is, will they do it or not? And like math, the talent is easier to execute for some and more difficult for others. So if you're placing your sales strategy, your business recovery in your relationship builder sales reps hands, you're betting on the wrong horse. Think about how two or three more challenger reps can allow you to accomplish your sales goals. Remember, it is likely you already have some top performers and they might be lone wolves or hard workers or even problem solvers. So you ask, what does this mean, John? Well, a compelling argument exists for the significant impact a few more top performers can have on your business performance. If someone's likely to become a top former, well, they're probably going to do it by embracing the challenger selling methodology. And it makes sense for you to train your middle performers sooner rather than later. And just like this podcast, challengers use constructive tension to make potential buyers think about or even rethink their businesses. And while it may sound simple, the challenger selling methodology requires repeated skill building and concepts to master over time. It involves coaching, support from the organization, and plenty of practice. So if you ask me, how do I determine who to train, who to to invest in? Well, I love Gino Wickman's book, Traction. And he boils it down to three questions about people. Do they get it? Do they want it? And do they have the capacity to do it? So if you're examining your sales team, You have to ask yourself, do they really get it? Do they want it? And do they have the capacity to do it? And if the answer to all three questions is yes, then building challenger reps in your organization makes sense. It makes sense. And it would help if you also considered the framework for marketing and sales support, because you're going to change how you market if you have a challenger sales rep team because the challenger organizations, well, they market just a little bit differently. And you as the organization have to be willing to, well, develop different teaching collateral to help your challenger sales reps dominate. Just like teachers need a curriculum, challengers need the team support to thrive in the field. And folks, there's no shortcut. There's no shortcuts on the road to success. So as an organization, you have to be willing to embrace a new methodology. But my goodness, it's so worth it when you do. You build a team that goes out into the field and teaches customers, teaches buyers. You have a set of field reps that go out into the field 
and tailor the message to the buyer. They don't just go out and put out blanket information about their own business. They tailor the message to the buyer. And more importantly, these sales reps go out and take control in the market. Teach, tailor, and take control. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, this tiny little expose into the Challenger sales rep, I want you to subscribe to this podcast. Share this podcast with others. Share it on social media. And if you want to learn more about me, and if you want to connect with me, go to www.johngrubs.com. www.johngrubs.com. There's tons of free information. Heck, you can even join my tribe and be part of my inner circle. I have content, premium content that I just share with the few people that are in my inner circle. And with that, you have access to me. I'll give you my mobile number. You get coaching from me on the fly as a member of the tribe, my inner circle. So this podcast is about crazy people, people crazy enough to rethink how they're doing normal, people willing to to do crazy things in order to find their potential in life. How do you test your limits if you don't go big enough to build failure into your life? You know, crazy people get things done. Crazy people have always been the ones that did things others simply did not believe was possible. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. Until next time.